Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, you will be listening to PSY 203 General Psychology with Professor Mark Hunter. I hope you listen and enjoy. We're going to continue on our uh, second part of Unit 5, and we're going to deal with uh, Module 33 of Stress and Illness, and how does that affect us psychologically? So stress is the basic appraising of a situation and responding to a challenging event. You know, uh, the idea is that what one may be one, a stressor for one person may not be a stressor for another person. Now, stress does have some positive effects. It can be a challenge. It can motivate us to uh, achieve something that maybe we normally wouldn't try. But also, if it's extreme or long, prolonged stress, it can have negative effects both psychologically and physically on us. So, let's say that you've got a tough math test or any kind of test. Um, you, how do you appraise it? You can look at it one, say, as a threat. You know, this is completely beyond me. Or it's a challenge. And if it's a threat, you're going to be stressed to distraction. So if someone who says they're a poor test taker, the idea is probably because they've appraised this as a threat and um, rather than a challenge. And if it's a challenge, it's something that you can prepare for, know how to, to do, and be uh, able to handle that stress of taking the test. Um, there's different types of stressors, of course, and some are large-scale disasters, uh, hurricanes, tornadoes, um, some is um, the just maybe long-term poverty or things like that. Sometimes life transitions, a, um, a death or a um, divorce or some illness or something like that, or maybe just a cluster of them that have come together. And sometimes it's just the daily hassles. Maybe it's the, uh, you're having to deal with prejudice, or maybe the, uh, um, just the commute to work each and every day is very stressful for you. These things can add up and affect us psychologically and physically. So, um, the, um, as we've talked about in different areas, there's different theories. Uh, the Cannon theory is, says that stress is a, is a part of the unified body-mind uh, system and talks about the flight or fight response, the idea that do we uh, go ahead and, and try to get away from the stress, avoid it in any way we can, or do we take it on and challenge it? Um, Sellier has a different theory toward it, and he talks about the three stages of how we deal with uh, uh, stress. We have an alarm reaction, and then we have resistance, and then we have exhaustion. And um, sometimes, that, you know, our bodies can cope well with temporary stress, but if it's prolonged over a, uh, a length of time, it can really do some long-term damage. So this graph here shows you a little bit like with the life of a of a fireman and that there's a, uh, a sense of a stressor event happens, the body's reaction to that is such that it gives the, the energy you need and the, and the resources to get through that. But once that stressor is over, then there's that sense of exhaustion that you have. And you probably experience this in a variety of ways, whatever is you consider a stressor. The, um, we have different areas in psychology, such as health psychology, 
which uh, provides the psychological contribution that uh, is regarded toward uh, positive health. We have psychoneuroimmunology, and that's to say how the uh, psychology, the uh, nervous system, and the endocrine systems work together to affect the immune system and how that results in our health. We have um, different physiological effects from stress as well as the psychological. So stress can suppress our immune system. It can, uh, people who've had surgeries, uh, if they're under a lot of stress, the wounds can take longer to heal. Um, you can have an increased vulnerability to colds or other illnesses because of stress. And it can uh, cause a, a disease to stay longer. Now, stress doesn't cause illness. It can just create, it can affect our immune system so we can fight illness. <coughs> Excuse me. And so we can be able to have, um, you know, it can really challenge us physically because of the stress we have in our lives. Um, stress does not create cancer, but um, it can affect our, affect our immune systems, again, as we said. There are uh, correlations with stress and heart disease and uh, what kind of personality, if you're really hard driving, what we call a type A personality, where you're trying to strive and you kind of see life as a battle to fight, um, you know, that can affect your, your heart health uh, versus someone who has maybe a more easygoing uh, response to life and approach to life. Um, we can um, it kind of depends also on what kind of culture you're raised in. If you're an individualist culture, such as the United States, we have, uh, we're concerned about what's best for us versus uh, the communal culture about what's best for the group. And so if something's not working well for us, we have a tendency to vent our rage. And, um, but, and you may have heard the term of catharsis, and, but it may release some physical act, um, feelings that we have, some stress in our life by yelling or shouting or something like that or hitting something, but it really doesn't cleanse that rage from us. And uh, sometimes we can get so used to having this cathartic event that we feel like we have to yell or express and hit something in some way. We, it becomes sort of a loop that we keep on going into. Um, there are and, and different approaches through psychology with anger management, how we find uh, being able to have mindfulness or distance yourself or create a, um, uh, more of a distraction or finding support to get you through a stressful event. Now we're going to go to more of a positive idea, the health and happiness, as we talk about in Module 34. So. How do you, you have stress? We're all going to have stress in our lives where we can't really avoid it. And uh, how do we deal with it? And that is called coping. And so we're using emotional or cognitive or behavioral methods to deal with stress. Um, you can deal with the problem directly. So if you have an issue like going on at work or something, you can uh, address that emotion, you know, that topic or maybe it's a family issue and you can address that. Uh, so we interact with the stressor itself or emotion um, focused coping and we're trying to alleviate that by ignoring or refocusing our 
what we think about the stressor and to give our focus to something else and um, to be able to you know focus on God and be able to in our prayer lives and, and along those lines where we can't maybe change the stressor but we can turn to God while we're going through a difficult time. Um, one of the ways is that if you feel like you have a loss of control, um, where you don't feel like you have an input, that can be uh, a difficult way to overcome stress. It's uh, You can have higher blood pressure. Another term that we use sometimes is learned helplessness. And you have this series of uncontrollable bad events, and you have this feeling of, I don't have any control over any of these things. And because of that, then you feel helpless, that you can't make a change. And so people who are, have learned helplessness have this, this feeling like, it doesn't matter what I do, I cannot change the, uh, the situation at all. And that's a difficult area to be in and requires some therapy to help people overcome that. When you're dealing with stress, it's uh, one of the, the important things is, do you feel like you have an external locus of control or an internal locus of control? And by external, we mean outside of yourself. That, um, you know, do you have, there, and we legitimately at times have things that we cannot control. Um, if you live through a bad storm or hurricane or some loved one dies, you know, that's an external event that we, uh, you know, have experienced and sometimes there can be post-traumatic uh, stress symptoms from that. If we have an internal locus of control, we, and this is related to more of the everyday stressors of life and the idea that we have the ability to determine how we react to that situation. If we've, um, you know, had a situation change at work, or we had a situation change at home, or in our family, or, or such, that we have that choice to make, you know, how do we react to that? We're not um, obligated to always react in anger, or always react in fear. We have some, we have control over how we do that. Um, the ability to have self-control is the idea to control our impulses, to have delay short-term gratification. You know, things that we may give us some short-term relief, but in the long term are not good for us. If you're able to have self-control, it, it's a, generally a predictor of better health, better income, better school performance. That, uh, again, everyone's gonna have some failure and stress in their lives, but how do we choose to react to that? Um, and so even the ability to do that can be strengthened through practice and uh, through uh, association with others, through counseling. The, um, sometimes people just have an innate way of approaching the world, you know, optimism versus pessimism. Um, you know, the, the ex if you're an optimist, you expect to have more control, you, have, you can deal better with stressful events. It's not to say that stressful events don't happen, but you're able to deal with them. Um, they tend to do better in school and maybe at work because they realize that these things are going to happen, but there's maybe something that they control. The idea of social support is, is very important. Um, you know, God knew that we needed one another when he created us. He knew that Adam needed Eve. 
and that uh, we needed families and we also need church to support uh, each other and we know that people who are more socially isolated uh, have a higher risk of death and because of that lack of interaction with others. The, um, um, so when the social support helps us both physiologically and psychologically and helps our immune system as well. Aerobic exercise is a great way to be able to uh, help our body deal with stress, both to relieve it and to provide those uh, endorphins that help give us that uh, feeling of elation that we need to get through that. There's other forms, biofeedback, where when we have, it gives us a, a feedback of what our emotions are, even like if you're uh, your smartwatch or something is able to give you your pulse rate or something like that. That's a biofeedback. It's telling you if you're getting stressed during a situation. And you can learn also different relaxation techniques about how to control your breathing, how to uh, eliminate some of the distractions in your life. Um, some people practice meditation or uh, just relaxation or what we call mindfulness where you just uh, you try to remove all the distractions you have in your life and focus on uh, the present and and also that can be used you know in your time your prayer time with God so um, there's some positive correlations and things about what happens when mindfulness is practiced and uh, we can see some brain activity change even during that time our faith has a big role that by being able to be a part of a, a church, a church faith community, we're able to, it shows that people tend to live longer, that um, they're able to withstand because the stressor of life because we have support. And um, so when we do have those stressors, we know that there's going to be others that will come alongside and help us during those times. Um, early on, I mentioned about positive psychology, and the, a lot of psychology is trying to get us from a deficit position up to normal. Well, positive psychology has said we're taking what people are normally doing, but even raising them higher, and practicing finding meaning in life, uh, learning to uh, explore new avenues and new possibilities in our life. Um, you know, to support one another in our cultures and our groups and our communities. And so, um, you know, we're going to have different ups and downs during the day. We're going to have, uh, if we've gone through a bad event, um, it takes a while to get, to get back or rebound from that. Um, but even though we've gone through a tragedy, we will be able to recoup and to be able to get back into um, a sense of homeostasis, a sense of stability. And um, we have a tendency to, to overestimate the death of a loved one or uh, some other tragic event. Of course, they're, they're difficult to go through. But we are resilient. We're able to go through a period of grieving, and it's important to do that. But also, it's important to be able to find some other purpose in life as well. And positive psychology helps us with that. Um, that, you know, it, and it does mean that sometimes if you're in a wealthier country or a higher economic standing, 
Um, it's, um, uh, it does have some relation to income levels. Um, there's, um, but once you have enough money get, and you've got all your needs met, getting more of that really doesn't bring about that much more happiness. And so, um, the, um, so there's a lot to be said about that as well. And finally, the idea that happiness is fairly relative. You know, it's what makes you happy may not make uh, someone else happy as well. And it could be a little thing that uh, you've happened to you during the day that uh, brings you some happiness. And uh, so, you know, it's relative to our own experience, relative to our culture, our biology, our psychology. And so these are all things that tie together. So that uh, completes this lecture, and I'll see you in the next one.